You're tuned to the Guard Frequency. As all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 82 and was recorded live on July 31st and made available for download August 4th at guardfrequency.com. I'm Lennon. I'm Jeff. And I'm Tony. What do we have this week, Tony? Well, that depends entirely on you. We're going to skip Squawk Box and Nuggets for Nuggets this week and open up the phone lines, which is actually more like a TeamSpeak server, and we're going to let you join in our conversation. Of course, for all of those of you who couldn't make it to the live call and have no fear, we're still going to read your feedback. After all, like we say every week, if no one's listening out there, the deep black can get pretty lonely. Sits and Sivs, you can help us bring more of the show you love by visiting our website, cardfrequency.com, and clicking the Patreon button. For the low, low, low price of $1.25 per episode, you can become a backer and get access to the unedited recordings of the show a whole three days before the Tuesday release. Of course, we're happy to share our labor of love with you each week free of charge. But it's nice to get the occasional concrete reminder that folks out there in the verse love listening to the show as much as we love making it. We thank the folks who have already chipped in and we hope you consider making a regular contribution. The more support we get, the better show we can make. Yes, as Jeff said, this is a labor of love, and we couldn't make the show without the many volunteers behind the scenes helping us out. And right now, we're seeking an assistant for our audio editor, Mikey. So, if you think you've got what it takes and you can tell your EQs from your VOs, then we'd love to hear from you. Just send us an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com. That's S-Q-U-A-W-K at guardfrequency.com. And that takes care of the housekeeping portion, so let's get on to the show and see what you want to talk about. All week's reporting. Roger that, Our crowdfunding update for July 31st, 2015 is, we don't really care. We're going to just go ahead and start taking calls straight from our loyal listeners. That's uh, right, uh, that's right everybody, people that you have heard from before, people familiar voices in the Guard Frequency community. We know you loved them last time and they just showed up again. So we're going to let them in one at a time. First item up for bids is, uh, let's find out. Who's who's our first victim, Mr. Kraft? Our first victim is a guy known as, and Jeff tried to remember this, Osteron. Hi there. Uh, hey, Osteron, how are you doing tonight? I'm not bad. How are you, gentlemen? Oh, doing pretty good. Well, last week our community question was, uh, give us your thoughts on 10 for the chairman episode 60. The Ben for the chairman episode. How'd you walk away thinking about that? Well, I actually uh, enjoyed it quite a bit. I don't really have a logical reason for my feelings on it, but it just seemed like getting the information directly from Chris gave it a little bit more of an authoritative air because I'd started to feel like the other versions of 10 for the, like 10 for the writers or 10 for the producers had started to drift quite far afield from the original purpose of like allowing users to ask pointed questions about the development or game features that they'd heard about or were interested in. Mm -hmm. And it had started going more into, like, this is what we are, this is what we do, this is how a particular job function works. Like, it's not bad information to have, but 
the so big picture was important. missing. We were we were missing the forest and getting way too close to the trees. Yeah, I didn't mind them doing those episodes when Chris needs a break or he's busy or whatever. But after like a month or three of the same thing in a row, when uh, like by the last ten for the producers, it seemed like they'd almost completely abandoned giving any info about the development work that was going on, and they were just literally talking about their job descriptions and their day-to-day working life (laughs) and it wouldn't have been a bad thing if it had come like in the middle of updates about the game status as opposed to what it seemed like to me which was that they were almost attempting to divert information and inquiries away from asking about what the game was doing what the status was and we're trying to encourage more of hey ask us about stuff that we can answer without putting ourselves at risk at all of revealing anything yeah, we, we had some feedback about that, as I recall, during the middle of that whole thing where it's the producers are sort of notorious for not telling you what the problems are, right? You know, they're just like, well, let's 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 focus on what we're getting done here. Look at look at all my check marks. I've got the check marks on my sheet pretty well covered here. There's a few things not check marked. Let's not talk about that. Yeah, which I think I'd brought it up in a feedback at one point, but it was one of the you know mini novels that I sometimes give to you guys as <laughs> feedback. So I think Shiv cut it out, but. Uh-huh. Um, I said that I felt it was possible that given the producers were being put center stage on so many of them and so many of the producers were newer, I felt like the holdover from their previous companies where you don't give information out voluntarily was starting to creep into the front-facing thing. Not necessarily out of malice or out of a desire to obscure the information, but just you know, when you've done a certain job a certain way for so long, habits are hard to break. What are your thoughts on the uh, Merlin being available for purchase? I kind of sympathized with Jeff when he had the stunned disbelief on upon finding it because I didn't get in early enough to be a golden ticket holder and I certainly didn't drop enough cash to enjoy a lot of the extra perks that you got for being like you know, having the Merlin as being the constellation. I mean, my initial pledge was a 300i, and the next time I bought a ship, I think was when the Avenger came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't get a lot of the, quote, exclusive benefits of backing that early, but I can sort of sympathize with Jeff's sentiments that it does seem like there's very little left that was promised as an initial perk that's still left. For example... There's the whole LTI mess, which isn't really worth getting into. But when you drill down to the basics and cut out a lot of the caveats, the fact is that it was promised as an initial purchase bonus, which was extended multiple times beyond the initial offering. And there are a couple of other things that have gone by the wayside. Like I know the initial package for if you went with an Imperator subscription, a lot of the bonuses that were offered there have been modified or stripped down not necessarily to the point where they don't exist but they're definitely to the point where they don't resemble the initial offering quite as much the one that most sticks out to me is that if you were an imperator subscriber you were promised three questions directed to chris roberts right and that eventually morphed into the 10 for the chairman show which is fine in concept but the reality is that for example, beer for the beer god has gotten quite a bit more than three <laughs> questions answered. He's he's the, used up all the questions for everybody on this podcast, I think, and then some. Yeah. 
yeah and you know by contrast like i've thrown several questions into the threads that have either been ignored or um passed over i would be fine with them not answering the question if i got an answer as to why like if i came if i blew my three questions to chris roberts on stuff that he wouldn't be able to give an answer to or would only be able to give an answer after i'd signed like eight reams of non-disclosure agreements then that would be fine but i do feel a little cheated by the fact that now it's just okay throw your question against the wall we're going to arbitrarily pick the ones we want and there aren't really a whole lot of guidelines as to if you blew your chance how did you miss it yeah, yeah. It was CIG a victim of not knowing how big this would get? I mean, you know, you start off with a crowdfunding campaign. Your goal is two million dollars, and you're hoping that people that subscribe, you know, they're going to be in the thousand dollar range. You expect maybe a couple hundred of those people. Six hundred questions times five minutes a question. You, you, do, you do the math on that. That's that's you know three thousand minutes. So I mean, was that just a bad idea at the beginning? Do you think, or did it just get out of hand? I think it probably got out of hand. Everybody that's been there since the beginning, even some of the people who have since left the studio, are constantly describing their just stunned disbelief at the success of the crowdfunding campaign and so forth. So I think there was a legitimate, like, oh, this is a neat idea when we get, you know, 10,000 or 50,000 backers, maybe a thousand of whom will be subscribers. Now they have, you know, they're running close to a million, and I'd say, you know, they probably have what 150 grand subscribers or so at a that figure would not surprise me so that obviously you work out like you said you do five minutes a question multiplied out by the number of subscribers and suddenly chris has a new full-time job but (laughs) and jeff in particular has brought this point up the replacement solutions they've offered for a lot of these perks that they've had to modify sometimes feel a little hollow Uh, Like, I'm not necessarily questioning their need to modify the perks given the realities of what happened with the project. I just think on occasion more thought and more care could have been given into the bones that were thrown to placate the people who already had them in cases where bones were even thrown at all. Right. There's small assets that that can be given or shown or... Or in some way, you know, imparted to the player that that uh, does so, you know, that has so much belief in this game and has done so much for, to help them along. Yeah, I, I definitely am feeling that, even though, like I said, I'm not quite as deeply invested as you are, Jeff, or probably any of the rest of you are. But I have been a subscriber basically since the beginning, and there have been days when I've gone and looked at my profile and seen the accumulated amount of subscriber dollars that I've given (laughs) and gone like I could have had two or three of the hugely priced you know multi-crew specialty ships that I've been interested in if I hadn't done that and if I'd set the money aside instead and spent it all in large chunks yeah that's that is a very interesting point because you know it's that consistent income that sort of makes CIG a real company you know, we talked a few episodes ago about, uh, you know, signing long-term leases or signing contracts with vendors and software suppliers and all that kind of stuff. It's that stream of income that makes you a legitimate business. And so they keep on thanking subscribers for letting them produce Tender for the Chairman and Around the Verse and all that kind of stuff, you know. You know, on the theory that if that money dried up, then we just wouldn't produce these things anymore. If that money dried up, the game development would more or less be radically transformed. They would have to crash down 
quite a bit on a lot of the production that they're doing. Yeah, and I did. I I really liked the point you brought up. I don't know if it was last episode or the episode before, where you were pointing out that CIG needs to demonstrate a regular capital income in order to make negotiations for business loans and lines of credit and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, the the way I sort of justify it to myself uh, and don't slide into a deep dark den of depression <laughs> is their reward streams like their content streams right now are very limited now the other side of the argument for me is first of all i've got it's three points the first one being there are still some things in place for the subscribers like they have said that the imperator subscribers who've been there for more than a year are still getting the passes that will able enable them to fly the scythe in arena commander which is going to be really cool because that's a very limited thing like only a couple hundred people i think own them and they'll only be flyable in arena commander but that'll still be a neat perk mm -hmm. the second point is that i'm hoping that the reason they aren't giving a lot of more rewards to subscribers is that right now basically their options are they can give you in-game cash that you can't spend on a lot yet or they can give out ships or they can give out flair that's pretty but not really useful very much I'm hoping that once the PU comes online and there's a lot more stuff that the game has to it, they'll start to exercise some of those alternate reward streams for the subscribers and allow like extra or exclusive bonuses that wouldn't be game breaking, might not be as, you know, significant as a free ship, but would still be nice little perks that can give you a unique or a significant game experience that other people wouldn't necessarily get. Mm -hmm. And then the final thing that's placating my own disappointment is that I actually do like the content that they put out. Like, I, I think Around the Verse is a good show. It's got some good info in it. Um, the segments they have are pretty interesting and informative. I watch uh, Reverse the Verse every week, either live or as the recorded thing. And I do like the 10 for the Chairman show and the Jump Point magazine. So I do actually appreciate what they're theoretically doing with the money that I give to them. So it doesn't bother me that much. But I am holding out hope on those first two points. All right. Uh, just one quick question, though, before we do let you go off strong. In your opinion, where the f*** is the first-person shooter module? I would say it's it's lost in translation between Ilphonic and the PU and Arena Commander. I think at this point the, the issues they're having are less specific to something like netcode or rendering the different uh, artifacts in the environments. I think it's just taking what Ilphonic has already done and integrating it with everything CIG has done. And then, you know, it might be netcode this day or rendering the other day. Um, but that that video demo they had on the last Around the Verse was pretty impressive from it a was. visual standpoint. Yes. Yeah. It was, it was, it's good to see things kind of coming together like that. So, All right, Ostron. Well, thanks for calling in, and uh, appreciate you taking the time, and, and uh, we'll see you out there in the verse. Thank you all, gentlemen. Keep up the good work with your podcast. Thank you, sir. All right. Let's find out from our wonderful community manager who the next... Uh, Let's roll next the dice. And uh, this one, uh, Jeff, for your benefit, is Montiado. Say it again. Amontillado. Amontillado. Hello, Amontillado. Welcome. How are you doing? Hi, guys. 
doing pretty well. Well, great to see you here again. And so, 10 for the chairman, number 60, Ben for the chairman. What did you think about that? Well, the way that you asked the question was, you know, did it satisfy your concerns? Um, and I didn't really have any. Um, basically, what Chris came on and said uh, were, were things that I already assumed. The title of our show last week was The Church of Chris Roberts, and I took Lennon somewhat to task for using such language. We don't want to <laughs> seem like too much of a cult around here. But taking uh, taking it as uh, your statement as one of the faithful, someone who, who didn't have any uh, questions or concerns from the firestorm, what made you so unshakable in your belief that uh, everything was just going to be fine? Track record, I guess. Okay. Uh, you know, I've, I've been with, with Star Citizen as a as a backer and a fan for uh, for a long time now um and i've seen i think uh many opportunities where eig could have milked the backers for money where they haven't the racing mode was something sure. that was not promised it's just above and beyond hey this would be cool sure um the constant notices that hey you guys don't need to buy these ships they are all going to be earnable in game you know buy a, a at one point twenty dollar package, but you know, generally forty five dollar package, and get not one AAA game, but two, sure. if not three. Um, you know, these kind of things. Uh, first person shooter module. Make somebody pay for that. You know, uh, sure. people would pay you know seventy dollars easily just for that part of the game. Um, it doesn't have to be included. You didn't have to be resold. You were already still sold. Right. Cool. All right. Was there anything that came up in there that you were a little bit surprised to hear has gone in X direction? I was pleased to hear his response to um, you know, certain criticisms from certain people. Um, <laughs> he but, shall uh, not be named. Yes, naming no names. Um, you know, I like the the bit of narkiness, I guess, from Chris. Not that it was unprofessional or or anything like that, but that's what I heard anyway. But you know, as far as the game is concerned itself, uh, I was glad to hear him say that things are on track and, and things are going well, and you know, really pleased with the performance capture. Um, all of that was was nice to hear. Um, but you know, it wasn't really anything that I wasn't hearing along the way from other people, and, and I don't know. Did it make a difference to you that long absence? Does it make a difference coming from one of the lieutenants? Honestly, I liked hearing from the other people. Okay. Uh, I find Chris gives a lot of information. Um, I listen to everything he says, uh, but he can drone on sometimes. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, you know, I, I enjoy just, you know, a different voice every now and then. Um, so I'm glad that other people got the chance to, uh, to get in there. Um, I do agree that, you know, some of these N4s are, you know, less informative than others, and it's nice that Chris can get up there and really give you the, the lowdown answer on, on what he's thinking, where the other people are sort of guessing what he's thinking. Um, so it's nice to hear it from him, particularly. Yeah. Okay. So you were saying about how several opportunities where they could have milked the backers and they opted not to, which, you know, that's great. On the flip side of the coin, though, they have recently released the Merlin, which was part of the Constellation package as a standalone ship for purchase and there have been a lot of criticisms that the people who've invested a lot of money into it they're giving away all their perks and also this is just another sort of cash grab what are your thoughts on that again uh every time i look at any of these ships i'm not buying them actually i'll admit i did buy the merlin but um in general i'm not buying these things uh, I'm glad to see every ship come out because I know that's another ship I'm going to be able to play with when the game goes live. 
Uh, as far as perks giving away, was the Merlin a perk or was it simply this is something that you get with the constellation? You know, was it ever stated that this is an exclusive ship that we're not going to be giving away to other people? Yeah, this this is why some people, I think, probably bring this up as a criticism because it was never, I don't think it was ever stated unequivocally that the Merlin would never be a standalone ship. But it came with the mothership. It was pretty much stated that it, well, it was stated that it doesn't have a jump drive, right? It's not capable of interstellar travel on its own. Uh, in the fiction, it was portrayed as something that never strays from the mothership. And to find one traveling out on its own is something of a, it's a short-range fighter. What's it doing out this far? It's heading for that small moon. It's no moon. It's a space station. That's the concept or the, um, the shroud that kind of uh, enveloped the, the Merlin. So I will admit to being one of the people that was a little surprised that they had broken it out of the constellation. But like you're saying, technically, no one ever said it couldn't be. I asked myself this very same question just after we did the show last time because I, I was pretty sure that in the original description, before they did the whole Connie variance, the Merlin was exclusive uh, snub fighter for a constellation protection. Um, but I couldn't refine that text because everything changed after the variants came. It's like my rant about the upgrade systems on the Connie, right? I bought it because I wanted to upgrade it. Well, then they trashed the entire upgrade system and make it different. Well, I bought it based on the upgrades. It's not that thing anymore. The thing they're going to deliver is going to be different. I can take my ball and go home, but what good does that do me? It, there's there's argument, good arguments on both sides. Um, if this were strict contract environment, we'd have to go back to the original documents. It's not a strict contract environment. It's a game development. It comes down to basically feelings, which I think could be remedied as if uh, CIG made the right sort of recompense. You know, some some exclusive flair, some other item that could be given to Connie owners that maybe isn't a Merlin fighter, but something else. Another thing that I, I look at in relation to all this is the fact that we can melt ships. That's sure. you know not something that they had to allow us to do. Um, if you know you think you've gotten your your constellation and it's not all that you wanted it to be, hey, really what you've done is is pledged a certain amount of money to the development of the game, and you almost can pick and choose what ships you want in return. Um, you know if the other people having the Merlin bothers you, get rid of the Connie and get something else. Uh, whilst we got you here, though, I am kind of curious, in your opinion, where the f*** is the first-person shooter module? I think it's stowed in the back of Chris's private jet. Ooh. The private jet, yes, that's right. That's why That's why that guy wanted to get his hands on the private jet. Ah, it all makes sense now. Totally makes sense now. Okay, all right, I'm glad that's been cleared up. All right. Well, uh, if you don't have any other questions for us, we will uh, say thank you very much for attending this fine evening's uh, discussion, and uh, we enjoyed it immensely. And, you know, look for it uh, another 12 episodes or so from now. Go on back. Will do. All right, sir. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Um, all right. Next up, we have a guy, Jeff, pronounced, well, in fact, even I don't know this one, Saodian? Saladian? Sao? Let's just call him Dave. Do you guys. need help? Hey! Hello, Saoldian. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. I was just repronouncing your name for those of my co-hosts who may not have remembered. I've given up. Don't yeah, okay. okay. Well, Lennon's going to call you it Dave. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I am not the only one. I, I really I know. Sayo, just call me Sayo. 
All right, so Sayo, ten for the chairman, episode sixty. Ben for the chairman. How did you walk away feeling? Empowered. Empowered. Nice. That's a good word. I felt you know. Yeah. I you know guys, I I had no concerns. Um, one of the things I think that gets lost in the hype of the game development, which I'm just obviously excited as anybody else, is the fact that they're running a company. You know, mm-hmm. it's a business. The leader, if you will, Chris Roberts, was gone for four months. And anybody who's ran anything knows that if the cat's away, the mice will play, you know. So I'm not saying that there, there's been no development, but as far as the, I guess, motivation, the, the guy that brings the spark wasn't there. Well, that's an excellent sure. point. Let's talk about that because it was his decision. It's his baby, right? It was his decision to walk away from that office in Santa Monica where his presence could be felt and you know, where people could visually see him banging away on, on the keyboard with code and stuff like that, and to go sequester himself in a uh, mocap studio in London. He's he's clearly probably the only person in that company with directing experience, but there are lots of directors out there you know, who would fall over themselves face first to go work on a Chris Roberts video game, especially one that's groundbreaking like this. Was that a really good idea for him to do that, to make that decision? Well, I think for the game, absolutely. You know, I, I think uh, most... Well, many people who back Chris Roberts backed him because of that cinema aspect in his games that revolutionized games as we know it. Now, we also saw the movie, so take that <laughs> word, but, but, uh, but there wasn't a joystick. You couldn't. You, you didn't bring a joystick into the theater. You couldn't do that. That wasn't a thing. True. But I think no one's going to bring the passion to the director's chair that Chris Roberts would, and it's his vision. So as far as the game is concerned, it was absolutely the right thing to do. But I don't know that he, because he can only do so much, spend enough time delegating to his people. And, and I'm not trying to, you know, armchair quarterback it, or really I'm not. But as far as, hey, we need to continue updates. We need to continue uh, giving the uh, tangible evidence that we're working on stuff, you know. And mm-hmm. I had no concerns personally, but I can see where people would say, like, hey, how come we haven't had a, even a minor patch, <laughs> yeah. you know, for... How many weeks was it? Four, six, oh, eight quite weeks. A while. It was quite yeah. a while. Uh, uh, and, and here we are. We just got 115, 116. P- is it the PTU? Yep. At the very least, throw something on the PTU. And I know they had it on the same branch. And I understand that. but um, Could have been planned think, better. Yeah, exactly. And and that, and that's, I hope that's a lesson learned for these guys yeah. uh, when they go do episode two of, of uh, <laughs> Squadron 42. Right. Uh, we'll probably be Ooh. in a totally different place then. The point is that... They didn't plan enough as far as the community side. I think what CIG needs, you know, I love all the community team. I really do. But they need a customer service professional on mm. their staff. Somebody who um, has weathered a few of these PR nightmare storms uh, on the front lines. Yeah. And, and somebody who, you know, you guys were talking earlier about perks, you know, and about I'm a subscriber. Mm. And what is the value of my subscription? You know, I'm really not too concerned about that. But I do think that they could come up with some better ways to single us out as subscribers and one of the things actually that was mentioned on RTV today Ben said it I think offhandedly but he, he mentioned that subscribers pay their salaries and so you know the discussion you guys had with Osteron about how many yeah. subscribers they potentially have it's probably a good chunk of money and it probably does allow them to hire like the Disco Landos and the guy that, the new guy that they just hired to oh. edit video yeah you know, so and this is the unfortunate thing, unfortunate and and maybe a little it's not, not scary, but this is the the model they have going here 
is that they've committed to delivering the game, right? They've, del they've committed to delivering what's essentially a big computer program. What they're delivering in the meantime, and Chris mentioned this in his letter for the chairman uh, that was released along with the tent for the chairman, they're delivering it as sort of an entertainment product. The best kind of reality show, one that's actually real, watch us develop this game. We'll let you, you know, peek behind the curtain a little bit. We'll show you stuff before we'd show anybody anything else. And come along for that ride with us as we go. If the subscriber money dries up, if the concept ship sales stop or aren't successful, the first people to be let go will be the customer service professionals that they do have. The Disco Landos will be right. gone. Ben will not be making around the verse anymore. The people that do that sort of stuff will be made redundant, as the British say. And then what'll have the feedback loop, unfortunately, from that will be, oh no, the game's in trouble, which of course will result in more canceled subscriptions, fewer concept ships purchased, et cetera, et cetera. So we're kind of in a weird situation here where maybe the business decision, the correct business decision to cut the Disco Landos and the other community-facing people would actually kind of be sort of suicidal. <laughs> That's exactly right. And and people need to be fed constantly in this environment. It, it, I understand it's a new environment. It's a new way of doing business. It's a new way of game development. But it's not lost, I don't think, on them that, uh, you know, what makes people happy. Right. And so, I, again, I, I hope they learn their lesson that uh, zero content or, or lack of content equals bad press. And mm -hmm. as the game approaches completion, the marketing uh, train is going to be uh, leaving the station, you know, and that's just the reality of business. And so they're going to, I uh, hope, develop a better marketing strategy going forward for the retail aspect of it. I mean, the back, we're all, you know, foaming at the mouth, rabid backers, but there's the average guy that... Yeah that uh, he's 15 now when he turns 18 or 20 you know he's got his own job he says hey you know I've been here about this Star Citizen game for years I think I'm going to go buy it and play it and become a subscriber and yeah. you know the next generation so there's us the ones that are in it up to our hips right now then there's the group of people that know a lot about it but they're like I ain't spending a dime till it's right. released and there's a third bunch of people that are like buzz 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 what? buzz 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 something needs to be thought about for those people at some point you're always going to have the skeptics. You're always going to have the haters, and, and that's yeah. fine. But at the end of the day, I think, as far as the development of the game, I think it's right on track. I mean, three years in, they've created an entire company. Uh, they've got HR. They've got all those considerations, all the legal aspects of, a, of building a company. Oh, that's my yeah. least concern with, with CIG, the guy that got running that. Well, sure. agreed. But as far as just the legwork to, to make it all happen, yeah. Yeah. you know, it takes time. Yeah. And uh, especially when you're worldwide like they are so oh yeah you know doing all that they've done in the amount of time they have from a business perspective i think they're doing pretty good yeah. well they released a little mini roadmap last week and if they can get it all done by the end of the year i don't think there's any question that the, the train's on the tracks and, and and moving moving at the uh, expected speed yeah and i think i think they, they've got a pretty good track record of admitting their mistakes uh making adjustments and trudging forward and i think chris is a pretty savvy guy and i think his partner is you know that still small voice in the back of his mind and something he said recently about Aaron that you know Aaron can tell him stuff that nobody else can yeah. and Aaron's got a good track record with the Lego games so I was talking to Shiv about that earlier that gives me a warm fuzzy so mm -hmm. yeah I, a long time ago I talked about there's got to be somebody somewhere that can tell a guy no and yeah. if Aaron's that guy then great of course it could be nepotism oh my god like somebody mentioned Whatever. you know and that's <laughs> let's talk about that for just one second I mean 
there were five people in a friggin' basement who were like, no one else is going to give us money to make this. Let's go find some. And those five people, five musketeers kind of a thing, unless you have to let somebody go, unless they make a humongous mistake, uh, unless they have to quit because of pressure, you don't get rid of those people. Those are the ones that were there from the very beginning. They're in it forever. Could you imagine if Ben Lesnick left? Oh, yeah, just no, the weeping and the gnashing of the teeth and the rending oh, of the garments. Yeah. I mean, the whole bit. It would, it would be, yeah. Honestly, though, I think the likelihood of uh, Ben leaving is about as likely as Chris leaving at this stage, I think. Yeah, you get, does anybody else get a whole Samwise and Frodo vibe from those guys? <laughs> I get a Samwise Frodo vibe from those guys. This is the thing. Chris is going to be heading towards, like, Mount Doom, the persistent universe, and then halfway around, he's just going to go, Go home, Ben! And it's just going to be like, you know, a whole nightmare. And... Wait, you think they have those emotional hugging scenes? Uh, they've had those already. They've done that on a citizen card, haven't they? So, you know, that's all done. So, Sayo. Sayo. Last, last time you were on this show, to quote, uh, who was it? Oh, you, actually. Uh, you said, seriously, this was the best show ever. It might have had something to do with the fact that you had some experts on. As, as a self-proclaimed expert, where the f*** is the first-person shooter module? Yeah, I think, you know, I think it might be a Chinese conspiracy at this point. Mmm. Always oh, good to blame those guys, because they have this yeah. funny language you can't read. Nice. Exactly. Well, now, I don't know if you guys had a chance to look at the drop of the FPS, uh, but... One uh, today. Yeah, but in the beginning of the paragraph... Netcode. Netcode. <laughs> so, they're listening to you, Tony. I'm, I'm very confident of that, but, so... I'm going to say it's probably not just me, but I do speak the longest. So sheer volume wise, I'll probably I'll put myself up there. Yeah, you know, I'm excited for it. I want them very much. I need them for the sake of the game to get this right. Because of, I mean, in my organization, there's a lot of FPS players that are going to pick this thing apart yeah. to the point where us, you know, I love the space sim aspect of, you know, flying aspect where we, you know, we pick that apart, apart, obviously the flight model and stuff like that. I'm not even going to really, I'm going to play, I'm going to be kind of like Jeff, play the FPS. I'm going to be the guy helping to heal in the background and stuff, yeah. but, you know, pull him up behind the wall. Can I carry your backpack for you, Mr. Shooter person? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but for all those rabid FPS guys out there that, that are just, just waiting to play this game, it's got to be right. Well, it's going to be different, and that's going to make it harder, too. So it's it's that learning curve, right? That's what I'm kind of afraid of, Tony. It, yeah. The fact that I'm afraid that these FPSers are going to expect Call of Duty. Yeah, that's going to happen. That's, I think, Sayo's point, is that if they're expecting Call of Duty and then intellectually they hear it's not Call of Duty, it's going to be different, as long as the experience is challenging and fun, they won't mind. But if it's buggy and indecipherable, they're like, eh. I'll, you know, I'll just go back to what I know. I'm good at that. Yeah, I think the biggest difference is, you know, for space sims, <laughs> there are none. Okay, so those of us who are yeah. space sim fans are we're just a very small cadre of people, right? And so th- there's nothing to compare what we have in Star Citizen to in a modern sense. No. So it, it was new, fresh. It was something you know we could do. It was a space sim, so we didn't have a reason to complain about it. Whereas uh, well, although people do, yeah, Whereas I was going to say that's yeah. that's not stopping a lot of people. Uh, controller gate. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. But with an FPS, I mean, they've got a huge amount of obvious, and even tactical shooters. They can compare it to tactical shooters, which they inevitably will. Yeah. So uh, they, I just, I really hope CIG nails this one for everybody's sake. All right, Tail. 
Well, appreciate you stopping in again, sir. Absolutely, guys. All right. Appreciate it. Take care, man. All right. Next up is Gray-Headed Gamer. Hello, Gray-Headed Gamer. Hello, Gray. Greetings, guys. How y'all doing? Uh, you sound a little young to be a Gray-Headed Gamer. Yeah. A little yeah, sprightly. I say we got one. Yeah, I, I hear that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> You're prematurely Gray. All right. Well, the, the usual routine, we'll follow it again here. Last week's community question was 10 for the chairman, number 60. Ben for the chairman. How did you walk away feeling after you watched that? Uh, you know, I felt the exact same way I did when I started watching it. I have... I have little to no concerns about the development of this game. I've been involved with so many games from early beta that's taken two years to be released. So Mm -hmm. coming in at alpha, you have to really be prepared to watch the game go from nothing to something, and it takes time. So, you know, I know a lot of people were real concerned, but, you know, I'm an older, patient guy, and I just kick back and I laugh at the Derek Smarts and the... Oh, no, he said it. Okay, well, that was only one. That's one. It's the, it's the third one that you got to watch out for. Uh oh, this is that's a. I, I guess it's, it's the Beetlejuice game. summoning thing. Oh sh- crap! Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Just the one. It's just the one. <laughs> All right. But, yeah. No. I, I, I want to back you up just one second. You know, uh, and the alpha process of it. It goes from nothing to something, but then for about eight or ten weeks there, it went back to nothing for a while. And I think that's maybe what triggered a lot of the you know quote bracket parentheses concerns about that. Is that something that, because Chris has been always uh, saying that this is, you know, you're buying a ticket to watch the development process, if that development process slows to a trickle, do you think that people are right to be, quote, concerned about the something to nothing, or nothing to something, then back to nothing? Oh, absolutely. People feel vested in this game. They're, they're investing a lot of their money. And that was a little bit their fault for slacking up on the updates. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've noticed, after Chris is back, we've been getting you know just oh, yeah. hit after hit after hit. Oh, it's of been coming thick and fast, right? Yeah. And that's and it needs to be that way. Even if they haven't accomplished a lot, they need to reinforce that they're working on it, you know, tirelessly. Even though we know they are, we I know a lot of people out there in the community they just want to hear it. And if you just reassure them, you this know, sounds like a guy that's been married for twenty five years. Isn't it crazy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> you don't tell her, she's going to assume there's something going on. We just we just, we just, just want to be loved. Is that so wrong? Is yeah. that so wrong? Just cuddle me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, Absolutely. You know, I've also got so much faith in Chris Roberts himself. He's the reason I'm, I became a PC gamer and been playing his games since the very early 90s. So, you know, I had, I had no doubts. But, yeah, it is definitely a fault of theirs of... of kind of going not really silent but you know we didn't get a lot yeah and that is something that when you have a game this transparent you need to have especially when all that crap happened with some guy on the internet some guy there we go much better (laughs) yeah they should have been they should have jumped on it you know instantly Uh and i mean they did they dealt with it in a great way i think but yeah you know the lack of information can cause concern parentheses but as far as i'm concerned i have no concerns i'm i'm sitting back and enjoying the ride all right Right. I, I think that's a true yeah. testament, though, to our listeners, because most of what we've heard is pretty much along the same lines. I think I think it shows all you know, their intelligence and the fact that a lot of them are not hawking on the boards and, and drag this whole process down. Yeah, and I think <laughs> our community is uh, a lot of mature gamers also. The vocal minority took over for a little while, but the majority of us are... And I'm not going to say old guys, but, you know, we're, we're more mature. Uh, I think this is, that's why the game's going to succeed is you look at the community as a whole, and they're a great 
gaming community. Well, yeah, actually, and you may, that's another good point because we talked about earlier about subscribers, right? It's the slow burn. Us old guys, and I'll put myself in that category willingly. You know, I'm, I'm not buying lots of ships anymore. I've, I've got my starter set, thank you very much. But they can have my 10 bucks every month because I, I understand the importance of that slow burn. You know, you need the constant income every month to be able to say, look, we're going to be able to make payroll. We can keep the lights on. If we need copy machines and, and another server, we can get those We can get those things. Um, and I think Absolutely. that the non-vocal majority, as you're, as you're kind of describing them, I think most of us get that and are perfectly happy to just let them alone and do their cooking uh, while they need to. Absolutely. We know they're a great team and they, they're growing weekly, basically. They're hiring the best in the industry right now as far as CryEngine goes. So, you know, the people that are concerned, they really need to look deeper than just what they read, you know, on a couple gaming magazines. You know, just take your time and look into the company, research the people they're, they're hiring. And it's it's a very calming effect. You know, when I really looked into the new studio in Germany, I mean, we've got top notch guys now. So yeah. I see I see great things happening. And uh, I had a little back and forth with uh, Darren uh, Borland. Oh, Darren Borland. Yeah, Vorlock, yeah. Yeah. Vorlock. Well, he, he posted there they were doing an internal game testing. And there was, uh, he said that we're going to be very happy with what we see. And someone had mentioned, oh, you know, can we have a general timeline? Is it a week or three months? And I, <laughs> I had just hinted, you know, I, I'm kind of thinking Gamescom. And he said, I think you're right. So not giving any specifics and all, I really think we're going to get some. Well, he stuff. said what you're going to see. So we may be able to watch it. We're probably not going to be interacting with it. I don't think at Gamescom. Well, I, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm really thinking that we're going to get the big world map. Maybe definitely not multiplayer, but I have a good feeling that we're going to get the big 64 bit map. And I wouldn't be surprised if they drop a Star Marine on us. I, I would not be surprised at all. I'll go with you on the first one, but I think they're gonna. I think Star Marine's still a way off. But I, I, the integrating the 64-bit double precision into everybody's client now would be pretty huge. Ha! Pun intended. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, because uh, I mean that that would demonstrate that look, we've taken CryEngine, we've turned it into something a completely new monster, and this is the world that we're going to be building these solar systems in. Uh, one that is quite frankly, you know, quite literally big enough to hold these you know, incredible stretches of emptiness uh, combined with some very densely packed visual information. I mean, I think if they can get that rolled out uh, with, with, with little fanfare, a little fuss, I'd count that as a win. Absolutely. I, I would be completely happy with 64-bit. Our arena commander levels are, are painfully small right now, so yeah. that would be beautiful. Uh, I had a, a friend of mine we were in free flight, and we were talking about if they do implement 64-bit, we could spend, you know, a couple hours hanging out and just flying between the moons they're talking about, you know, and just goofing yeah. off just flying. Yeah, the, yeah. the social butterfly gamer that we were talking about a second ago with Seo, yeah. yeah. So he just wants to log in and hang out. Yep. Okay. You said that you think that we are possibly going to see Star Marine at the Gamescom, which is coming uh, next week. They're going to be doing a big presentation about stuff and they have actually put in their latest update that next week's star marine update may come the following monday so you know there's always a little bit of hope there but in your opinion where the f- is the first person shooter module i i have been involved in a couple share screens on skype and have seen a very functional basic setup for uh, star marine that i would actually play 
the problem they're having is they want all the animations to be perfect. They want all the you know sounds to be perfect, and it's because of that vocal minority that you know you put something out that isn't quite perfect, and they go on rants and raves. You got these magazines talking about, oh, look at this crap. Instead of looking at it, saying, "Wow, this alpha is you know phenomenal for being an alpha," and now it's our job to test it, pick out the bugs, help them find the bugs. Let them fix it. Get the next update. That's a little better. But unfortunately, I don't feel they can actually run their company like a normal company would if they were allowing internal alpha testing. Because you know they're kind of gun shy. There's so many people out there that are really ragging on the little things that are wrong instead of looking at it as, hey, this is a working alpha. Yes, it's you know it's not perfect, but you know let's let's go bug hunting. Let's find out what's wrong. Let's give our feedback. That way, we're involved in the development from you know the early stages. But you know now, I think they want to have a basically a game they could put on Steam and you know make a million dollars on. There's been enough people unholying the holy water that uh, they're just not going to put it even out there in the little bowl until it's just nice, until it's just yep. perfect. And you, yeah. you can't blame them, you know. They've they've been hit so hard here lately. Even the first iteration of Arena Commander, I was extremely impressed. I mean, I know it wasn't. It's nothing like it is now, but for an alpha, I was like, holy moly, this is beautiful. Yeah, and again, they're blazing a new trail here. I mean, if this is what an alpha is supposed to look like, hopefully the people that come after this go, well, if it if it doesn't pass the Arena Commander 1.0 six weeks delayed release you know, level, we shouldn't let ours out yet either. Right, maybe, maybe, maybe people will go that way. Very true. Yeah, I still feel that, like you were saying, there is a version out there that is playable. It's not perfect, but it's playable. And when they first released the Hangar module, people were giving them so much praise of, oh, this is an alpha, but it is, it's not even been optimized, and yet it looks beautiful, it runs really well. And that was just the Hangar. All you could do was just go inside and walk around. So in my mind, even if we did have something that was a bit more functional, that would just be so yeah. phenomenal. And I... I would really look forward to having that right now. So, but Lennon, that was forty or sixty million dollars ago. Yeah, I know. I, th- yeah. I, th- I really do think that we had the we had hell. I asked Chris myself when I interviewed him back at the next race Starship. I said, you know, hey, you letting the baby go nowadays? I mean, have you sort of gotten over that? And he said, yeah, I've gotten over it. You know, it's been hard, but you know, the fact that I can push iterative patches, you know, that sort of let me. Let me let go of the baby a little bit. Well, lies. Yeah, well, no, it's not lies. I mean, I think he's changed his mind back the other direction. I mean, I think the not quite truth. Yeah, I mean, I th- yeah, I, I think that it's just like he's more like, no, I was right the first time. <laughs> after with all this negative oh, attention, I, after all these people thinking we can't do it, if I release something that looks like less than a finished product, it's damned if I do, damned if I don't. Either it's eight weeks delayed and it's where I want it, or it's you know I release it more or less on time and it's crap. So he, I think he'd rather just take the heat for being delayed. Oh, Gray, what's on your mind? What is on my mind indeed? Gamescom is on my mind. That and the new patcher. Uh, I'm mm. sure you guys have put yes. the new patcher in. That is the most beautiful thing. That I've, I'm more excited about the new patcher than I was when Arena Commander came out. The music, the the, the fast downloads, being able to patch just a, you know, a couple gigs here and there, being able to switch between the PTU and the live universe. That, just a bing. Flick of the switch. Yeah. Bing. Hey, Welcome to 2015, right? Yeah. Well, it, and again, you know, they've had a, lot, a long road here, but I, I, that was the one thing back from when they first started doing the PTU. I think that was my biggest complaint. Getting the PTU to people was way too complicated. But Fair. merging merging those two systems into one launcher, that is going to probably make the players' lives easier, but it's also going to make 
the developers' lives so much easier. So I think this Guaranteed. is that that is a huge step. Guaranteed, and I guarantee we're going to have twice as many people on the PTU right. for that reason yes. too. Because you're right, it was overly complicated. Yep. And I can I can imagine. I'm not a programmer, but I can imagine it was pretty tough to combine all that, you know, with an old launcher and the PTU and trying to get everything yep. to work together. But they did a great job. New patcher is beautiful. Yeah, that's going to be a huge step, and I really think it's going to be... Lennon, I don't think you're going to get your nightly builds, but I think it will make a weekly build or a bi-weekly build yeah. much, much more likely and, and a lot easier to pull off. Yeah, Definitely just, a step in the right direction. Yeah, and if you look at the last iteration of Arena Commander, you know they threw out 1.5 and then another 115B, uh, and then... So, I mean, they, they were really on top of it, and it, it seems like it's easier for them now to push out... Or maybe faster. I don't know if it's yeah. easier. I'm sure nothing they do is easy, but yeah, it, no, it, it's it's a big step in the right direction. And like I said, if if it's they're going to get more testers, they're going to get more testers faster, and which is going to let them identify bugs more quickly and hopefully smash them uh, more. Quickly. Yes, feedback, man. Feedback yeah. is where it's at, and that's that's what alpha is all about. Um, yep. You know, we really need the community involved. Get in there, play, go into nooks and crannies try to make weird things happen and then fill out a bug report properly you know it's imperative to know where you were at what you were doing and then try to repeat it that's the the big thing right all right man well thanks for calling in and uh we'll we'll, we'll do this again in about another 12 or 13 episodes Excellent. hey guys thanks for having me for real yeah you bet okay buddy what's on your mind we're all friendlies so let's just be friendly some say he isn't the only pet detective and that he always gets his goat. But all we know is he's called the Shiv and he helped put together this week's feedback. Last week, our community question that we've asked all of our intrepid callers was, give us your thoughts on 10 for the chairman, number 60, Ben for the chairman. And Sean Newboy writes in and says, great show, everyone. I've not seen the 10 for the chairman yet, but it won't matter. Wasn't worried anyway. Osteron writes in, hey, Osteron, we just heard from him. He says, great, so as usual, hoping to be there for the call-in one. And what do you know, he was. But one thing we didn't talk about was, regarding one of Tony's minor quibbles, I wonder if they're avoiding doing full disclosure on the details of their problems in order to waylay the doomsayers. As something of a pessimist myself, I know how easy it is to adopt the attitude that a problem is insurmountable. Given how much of what they're doing is new to one degree or another, I think they have a legitimate concern that releasing all of the details would invite people familiar with coding your design to declare that the problem's unsolvable and create a panic in the community. It wouldn't be done out of malice, but it would have the same effect, just because they're credible enough sources that people might believe them. Well, luckily, the other person doing it wasn't a credible source, so... Yeah, we pretty much, yeah. I mean, he, he was going out of, uh, way out of his league on, on some of the stuff he was saying, which, again, made the rest of what he was saying. Even, even if he might have had some certain possibly relevant experience and other thing, when you so completely blow your central thesis, like, I'm going to send the government after you, and then you completely screw up the entire concept of what the whole legal process is, it sort of makes the whole rest of it sort of fall apart. Even if he is right about all the um, gold flecks and the – how do you turn uh, that one? Right, that, yes. Even if that, in fact, might be gold flecks. The rest of it just makes it completely intolerable. Again, whatever good he thought he might have been doing. Again, drawing on our experience from the Star Trek Online world, there's a lot of people that complain on the boards and the forums and in the game chat channels, but they show up every week, and they're always playing the game. Uh. Why are they here? Why? It's because somewhere, deep down inside, I think, they really do want this to happen. They really do want Chris to pull it off. 
At Spaceboy G writes in and says, When Star Marine gets done, I hope to hear at Guard Freak ask, Where the f- is the Space Truck Simulator 2945? With a cute <laughs> little picture of a, a game box with Space Truck Simulator 2945 on it. <laughs> you know what's missing, though? A big Volvo stamp on the front of that Miss Cole. That's true. It needs a, it needs a big Volvo letterhead <laughs> hood ornament thing on the front of that thing. Well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you my secret profession that I want to do. Have, you know, okay. something that Jean-Luc Picard did in his off time, I would really love to do. I would love to be a space archaeologist. And, and, you know, oh, that's, that's for, there. The Haiti look, system. Look for alien ruins. But not just in one system, but, I mean, really just get go to interesting backwater places and dig for ruins. And uh, yeah. that would be so cool. I can virtually guarantee you that you're gonna you you can live out your Jean-Luc Picard downtime fantasy. We've also got an email from Krell. I think that the extended tent for the chairman was about the best thing they could have done. With the delays they've had recently and lack of updates, the natives were very restless, and that helped take the edge off along with the 1.1.5 patch, even though it appears to be a little buggy. Hopefully, two months from now, we'll be playing the 2.0 release, and this dark time will be nothing but a story for old timers to scare young children with. Sounds like our kind of story. Well, it's very apropos. I, I think that we've been saying that the whole time. It was a much-needed interjection of the captain coming back to the bridge. Yeah. Our new Patreons this week is nobody. Wah, wah. Our winner is, last week was Keith DeVault, and this week we have Galen Rick LaFlorna. <laughs> good enough, good enough. <laughs> Thanks very much for your pledge. We'll put it to good use. Speaking of which, the patches are shipping. Two weeks from today, patrons at any level will be entered into our weekly drawing, and winners will get patches. They are sweet. Look for pictures of them in our show notes, and uh, you guys, I think, will be impressed. Thank you to Ben First First Problem Sanders for designing them. And this week's community question, tell us your dearest hopes of Gamescom. Or if you've actually seen the presentation before you write in, tell us what your favorite bit was. Send an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com or post on our show thread over at the Robert Space Industries fan site subforum. So how was the show? Did we answer your call and the order it was received, or are we going to have to locate the recording we made for quality assurance? Either way, let us know. Here's some ways you can get in touch with us. Check out our forum post at forums.robertspaceindustries.com. You can leave a comment on this episode's show notes at guardfrequency.com. You can subscribe, feeds.guardfrequency.com, or just look us up on iTunes. You can hit us up on Twitter at GuardFreak or leave a comment and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash GuardFreak. And if you're old school like us, shoot an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com. Your feedback's an important part of what we do, so take a minute. Tell us what's on your mind. And that brings us to the end of episode 82 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 83 on August the 11th, so be sure to keep an eye out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com or the Robert Space Industries fan site subforum. Please send us your feedback about the show. Aside from all the ways we just ran down, you can also use the contact form on our website. All the details for all the ways you can get in touch with us will be in the show notes. Do you like what we do? Want to come help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever? If so, just send a note to squawk at guardfrequency.com. And if you just can't get enough spaceship podcasting, why not check out our sister publication, Priority One? They cover Star Trek Online and the greater Star Trek universe. Just go to PriorityOnePodcast.com. Are you looking for a friendly wingman or two? Check out our organization, Guard Frequency Response, at the official RSI website, robertspaceindustries.com forward slash orgs forward slash guardfreak. And if you're not doing anything Friday nights, you should join us live over at guardfrequency.com slash live. We start recording around 11 p.m. Central. That's Saturdays at 5 a.m. GMT. 
We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Shiverabeen Lowmaster, our artist, Ben Sanders and Simon Chorton Edwards, and our audio engineer, Michael Duncan. Special thanks to everybody who called in today. We really love talking to all of you, and we hope to see you again very, very soon. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit ronaldjenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we really want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, but Deep Black is pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. Empty 330, Carol 15. Squawk 7700. Stay on the ground.